0: DrLisaO.com, click the shop link or click the link below. An Ironic Media Production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K Media.com. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, Dr. Lisa here. I'm going through our little vault of all of our episodes, and guess what I've decided to do? We've got some amazing content back there, and I know what life's like because I never go back through the last however many episodes from a podcast that I've listened to. So I am going to bring you all of our top downloaded episodes, the ones that we got the most amount of feedback on, and they're also the ones that I find myself referring my clients and my patients to go and listen to because they're just that amazing. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I absolutely love bringing you these episodes. I love interviewing the best and the brightest that are out there. I love bringing their information to you. I love being part of this conversation. And as always, I love your feedback. So, if you can, head on over to whatever podcast platform you're listening to and give us a review or drop us an email too because as you know, I am answering your questions in these different episodes too. So, I appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks so much for making this such an amazing podcast. I am so grateful. Today, I have somebody super fantastic. We just did a little recording here for another project that I'm working on, and I am so excited to have her here for the podcast. I have Dr. Mary Newport here with me. So something we just figured out in between our little break here was uh, back in the day, I was going through a bunch of research and readings, articles and all sorts of stuff trying to figure out when I first opened up my practice, when I was teaching patients about coconut oil and I ran across her articles 10, 12, 14 years ago now. So it's so great just to see how paths always just cross because at that time period, never would I have thought I would have you here on the podcast, but (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Mary, thanks so much for being here. I'm going to give a little bit of her background and then she will actually go and deep dive in, but she's got some great information. We're going to talk about your brain today. We're going to talk about Alzheimer's. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff on ketones and the benefits for our health the biggest thing so you can, we can grab your attention right now is if Alzheimer's is something that you're concerned about later on, you need to start now. You probably needed to start yesterday, but you need to start now. And so much of our conditions that we're dealing with now are lifestyle related. But Dr. Mary is a neonatologist who knows a whole lot about the brain. <laughs> so Dr. Mary, welcome. Let's sh- share your story. You've brought me to tears numerous times. Mm-hmm. Share this. The audience is
1: going to just love to hear everything about your story here. Thank you, uh, Dr. Lisa. (laughs) Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, so I've been at this for a long time, Uh, 2008. um, I did newborn intensive care. That's what a neonatologist does uh, for 30 years. And um, my husband, Steve, was an accountant and he stayed at home to take care of our kids. He was able to work from home. He did the accounting for my practice. It was just awesome. That's awesome. Because he made it possible for me to be a mother and a doctor, it was really great and uh we have two daughters who are in their 30s now so <laughs> they're at that age that starting to get really worried i mean their father had alzheimer's disease you know and i had it on both sides of my family so it is a very very big worry for many many people i think most people know either have friends or in their own family you know with alzheimer's it's become so common these days and um so and other types of dementia you know we have to worry about so anyway Steve was only 51 when he started having symptoms, weird memory things, memory glitches, and just some odd behavior. And um, it kept getting worse. Uh, We saw a neuropsychiatrist, he thought maybe it was related to depression, the memory issues, but uh, at age 54, he was diagnosed as having early onset Alzheimer's disease. And, you know, this was really devastating for us because we thought we would grow old together and the average uh, lifespan from diagnosis is seven years. And it's tends to be even shorter in people that have early onset, which is what he had that's less than age 65. And so he kept going downhill, stopped driving when he was 56, um, couldn't do any more accounting at that point. Um, by 2008, he couldn't turn on a computer, use a calculator, do simple math, write even a more. Thing. He couldn't even write a sh- very short sentence. It was it was very bad, and so we came across a couple of clinical trials. They were our big hope, you know, that maybe he'd be one of the first people to be on one of the drugs that would cure Alzheimer's disease, and so I had set him up for screenings. For these two uh, clinical trials two days in a row. And the night before the first screening, I got on the internet and I was looking for risks and benefits of those two drugs. Mm-hmm. And I came across a press release about a medical food that claimed to improve the memories and cognition in nearly half of the people that took it. And just with the first dose, with a single dose. And Then they did a longer study and they found um, over 90 days that um, nearly half of them improved. And at six months, the people that remained in the study, um, many of them maintained, you know, they had not gotten worse than where their baseline was, you know, after six months with this. So I got very curious what it was and uh, what it did. And I was able to find their patent application and I learned that it was MCT oil, medium chain triglyceride oil. And I was familiar with this because. I'm a neonatologist. (laughs) It was like a perfect storm that came together. Extremely lucky, you know, circumstances that I came across this. And back in the late 70s and early 80s, we used to add MCT oil directly to the feedings of our premature newborns because they absorbed it very well. They would um, grow faster. It probably helped their brain too. Right. (laughs) Didn't know that at that time. And um, they would get home sooner and then they started adding it to the premature infant formulas to other infant formulas and then I learned um, From this patent application that it was extracted from coconut oil. And so then I started to get an idea of what I might be able to do to help Steve and um, The thing about MCT oil is that when you consume it part of it is converted to ketones and that's important because our brain can use really several different kinds of fuel, but the two main fuels that our brains use are glucose and ketones. Now these days, most of us eat a higher carb diet, lower fat diet, and we have plenty of glucose stored in our bodies and we never need ketones. <laughs> we, we just, we've you know, our brains to use we might glucose. use a little bit, but you know, we're not running, our brains are not running off of ketones or running off of glucose. And, um, but back in the late sixties, it was discovered in some studies looking at starvation that after about 24 to 36 hours, uh, for some people, maybe 48 hours, you use up all the glucose that's stored in your body and your liver and your muscles. If you don't have fat, you would be um, burning muscle. You would be converting some of those amino acids into glucose um, to continue powering your brain but and then you know you would waste your muscles really you would lose most of your muscle mass in about seven to ten days and be so weak you would basically stop breathing so but fortunately we have fat and um, the, the more fat you have the longer you live during starvation. <laughs> <laughs> so that's maybe the only plus I can think of <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> should we ever go into a starvation time period. Ever
1: go into, you know, <laughs> a starvation But um, so we start breaking down fat in that situation when we've used up the glucose and releasing fatty acids. And these fatty acids can provide fuel to your heart, your muscles, all of your other organs, but they don't easily cross into the brain. And the brain needs a tremendous amount of fuel. It needs, it takes about 20 to 25% of the calories we consume every day. Our brain is that active. And so it needs fuel or, you know, um, our brain's not going to survive very long. So some of those fatty acids are converted in the the liver to ketones. And ketones are very small particles. They're tinier than glucose particles, and they easily cross into the brain. The brain cells take them up eagerly, and they go into the same pathway as glucose to make the energy molecule ATP. And ATP is needed to um, carry out the functions of virtually all of our cells. And, um, I use an example of flexing your biceps, you know, um, you know, every muscle fiber needs ATP to do this and then more ATP to relax, you know, so we constantly need to be making ATP and that's true for our brains as well. So, um, ketones are a very important source of fuel. And so, um, the thing that I learned also from this patent application was, um, that um, in Alzheimer's disease, it's a type of diabetes of the brain. Um, It's called type three diabetes. The the, uh, term was coined around 2005 by Dr. Suzanne Delamonte and her group at Brown University. And they had looked at the brains of people um, who died with Alzheimer's and these people did not have type one or type two diabetes. And they learned that there is insulin deficiency and insulin resistance in the brains of people with Alzheimer's, which translates into poor glucose uptake into certain parts of the brain. So if you're on a standard, you know, higher carbohydrate diet, you don't have a source of ketones. You don't have a level of ketones to help provide energy to the brain. And so this group that was developing the medical food had the idea, you know, what if we gave MCT oil, which increases ketones, would that be enough to help improve people with Alzheimer's? And in their studies, it was, you know, nearly half, not everybody, but nearly half of the people. And, you know, in Alzheimer's, you know, with the drugs, there isn't anything that claims to improve memory and cognition, no medications. They may slow the disease down for about six months in some people. And that's the best that's out there. Um, so this, <laughs> to me, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, we've got to try this. and. Um, So he was scheduled to do a clinical trial screening at 9 a.m. the next day. And so I was, it was like 1 (laughs) a.m. and couldn't do anything about it. So we had a day before and a day after um, starting coconut oil, basically. And so in the morning we went for the screening and he did very poorly. He needed to get 16 out of 30 points on a memory test and he got only 14 points and we were devastated. And uh, the doctor had him draw a clock and he drew just a few little scattered circles, not even a big circle, a few scattered circles and four numbers just kind of randomly on the page. And she told me he was on the verge of severe Alzheimer's. So I thought, what do we have to lose? (laughs) I'm going to go pick up some coconut oil. So we went to a store about an hour in the other direction, you know, where I had seen coconut
0: oil. (laughs) It was
1: like a Whole Foods or something, you know, got some coconut oil, got home. I reminded myself on the internet what medium chain triglycerides were. And I got the fatty acid composition from a USDA website of coconut oil. And I was able to figure out that it was about 60%, percent um, six, zero percent medium chain triglycerides. So I figured out how much coconut oil I needed to give to him to equal the medical, the dose of the medical food that they were using in their studies. <clears throat> and it came up to a little over two tablespoons. So you need a lot more, you know, uh, it was four, Teaspoons of their MCT oil that they were using, and this was seven seven teaspoons, so a little over two tablespoons. And so the next morning, I put it in some oatmeal for him. And about four hours later, he was testing in Tampa, a different location, you know, for the study. And he gained four points, and including what city we were in, we were in a different city, we were in a different facility. They asked what floor of the Building are you in? He knew in the oh day before he didn't know that. And we were in a completely different location. He knew the day of the week and the season, <clears throat> which he couldn't remember the day before. And it was a different day. So um, it was really quite amazing. And um, he gained, uh, he uh, scored 18 out of 30 points and he qualified for the study and we were elated. And um, so then I started, you know, our, our house became all about coconut, <laughs> coconut oil, <laughs> Coconut milk, grated coconut. I mean, I learned everything I could about coconut, and really, the very next day started giving him uh, more at different meals. I I continued to give him a little over two tablespoons in the morning, and that was in the beginning. Um, But I thought, you know, why would you do just one dose of this medical food? You know, because they showed in their studies that it peaked at about ninety minutes, and then the ketone levels were gone after about three hours. And I thought, you know, your brain needs fuel 24 seven. So um, why not continue it at other meals in the day? And, you know, I was learning that it's a staple in the diet. You know, many tropical countries um, have uh, coconut oil as a staple in their diet. Every meal they have it. And even their animals eat, eat coconut. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: their pigs <laughs> eat <laughs> coconut. <laughs> they're all eating coconut. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, and these are countries where they're very low rates of heart disease, you know, so, that was reassuring to know that um but you know he really improved really tremendously it was um he said it was like uh, a light switch came on in his head the day he started coconut oil he said that many times his mood improved his depression lifted which he was very depressed you know he knew he had alzheimer's he knew he had it he knew what he had been able to do and he couldn't do he knew he'd been on a computer for hours every day and now he couldn't even figure out how to turn it on very depressing for him and he wanted to be able to do those things again Um, But, you know, his mood lifted and he said he had hope for his future and, you know, things like tremors, when he would talk and eat, disappeared rather quickly after a couple, I mean, his conversation improved right away, joking, telling jokes, uh, whistling, he was a big whistler, he had great medleys of, (laughs) of songs, he would whistle, he went back to doing that kind of thing and The animation came back in his face and um, around two months he could tie his shoes again. He could pick up his feet and run again instead of shuffling. And around three to four months, he was able to read again. There was like, um, I I think of it maybe as an eye tremor. He said that the words would shake around on the page and that stopped around three or four months. And then at nine or 10 months, he could remember what he had read several hours earlier. So really tremendous improvement in there. And uh, we'd started with, you know just coconut oil and then i found out that i could get mct oil yes. <laughs> online <laughs> and even in a few health food stores bodybuilders had been using it to increase their lean body mass for cent for decades not centuries yes. but decades and so um you know i started incorporating some of that um dr richard beach um he just passed away in january um such a nice man he was 84 and still he at the nih determined to see this thing through with ketones but developing the ketone ester and he encouraged me to give steve more mct oil and he wanted me to quit coconut oil and i'm like there's no way i'm going to do that because he improved with it and what if there's something else in coconut oil we don't know about you know and it turns out that there there are there are things in coconut oil other things that um could explain why he improved so much and um you know, other benefits to the brain, Um, for example.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's go through those.
1: Yes, so um, one thing coconut oil has that MCT oil doesn't is lauric acid, you know. There are a couple MCTs out there now that have high lauric acid. They have maybe 30, 32% lauric acid, which is really great. Um, But coconut oil is about 50% lauric acid. And lauric acid, um, a study in Japan, The group that became very interested in this learned that lauric acid potently stimulates ketone production in astrocytes. This is in cultures; they've shown this. um, But astrocytes are brain cells that nourish other nearby brain cells, and so that could explain, you know, why um, my husband improved so much with relatively low levels of ketones from coconut oil. I mean, that first day. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: amazing. Within hours.
1: Yes, within hours. And and then he continued to improve over a year. And, you know, part of it was we were increasing it and then adding MCT. I mean, he just got more and more and more over, you know, the next few months uh, to to the point where he was getting it four times a day. But um, another factor, coconut oil has, uh, well, another thing about the lauric acid is it's antimicrobial. It kills many, many different types of bacteria Viruses—it um, dissolves a lipid capsule around viruses, and guess what has a lipid capsule—the coronavirus.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Yeah. So there are actually studies. Uh, I was kind of involved in developing the protocols and things like this, uh, writing up a rationale for it uh, with a, um, a PhD, Dr. Fabian Dayrit, who's a, a biochemist and coconut oil expert in the Philippines, and um, we proposed that it be studied you know, uh, consuming coconut oil. Um, Some people may or may not be familiar with oil pulling. You use it in your mouth.
0: Yes, I do oil pulling, yeah.
1: Yes, yes, and um, in India, they actually even put drops in their eyes (laughs) of it and in the nose, and if you think about it, probably the nose is the number one way a virus is gonna come in, your nose and mouth, but it can come in through the eyes, you know. This is an Ayurvedic medicine practice to, to do this, you know, with coconut oil. So we were proposing, um, like doing, swabbing the nose with it, um, using it orally and eating it as a study. And guess what? <laughs> there are several studies, um, several hospitals and a prison in Manila that are studying this. And also another group in Indonesia, In Indonesia is studying it. Oh, wow. And, um, because, you know, if you think about soap, you know what soap does, The um, a lot of times there's coconut oil in soap but other oils it dissolves a lipid capsule around the virus or bacteria and that's one of the ways it it inactivates these microorganisms on our hands and friction helps rinsing it away helps you know but um when you eat something like coconut oil the level of lauric acid for example stays high in the blood for a very long time so it has an opportunity through the circulation to get to all these different tissues you know so that's our Theory. <laughs> that's hypothesis. So
0: interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. It totally yeah. makes sense because there's yeah. so many different products out there that are with the lauric acid that they'll just you know specifically do that too. Um, that mm-hmm. are all made from coconut. Yes, the oral
1: products. Yeah, the antiviral wipes and yeah. sprays and things that we have. A lot of them have a compound called sodium laurel sulfate. It's also called sodium dodecal sulfate, but the lauryl that's it, dodecal mm-hmm. is lauric acid. Mm-hmm. Laurel is lauric acid and they've just tweaked it to make it, um, usable in these forms, you know, in sprays and in, um, wipes. Yeah. And the reason they do that is because lauric acid is so antimicrobial. It kills so many different bacteria and viruses. It's incredible. So nature so, just um, got some amazing answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, I know. It's crazy. So now we're waiting to see how these studies turn out. You know, so far they're getting some good anecdotal reports, but we want to collect more. They, uh, I sh- I'm not directly involved there, but you know um, they're keeping me updated on it and um, we're hoping to get some good information. Um, they're actually going to test it directly in a lab on the virus in Singapore, but wow, they have problems with border closings and they As <clears> the, the <throat> whole world, and, right? <laughs> with border closings. Yeah, so, so how about,
0: because um, I know this is, I shared with her right before, mm-hmm. shared with Dr. Mary right before we had spoke, um, it, it would have been 2005 when I first opened up my practice and I used to talk to my patients about increasing mm-hmm. coconut oil in their diets and I had the MD across the parking lot um, yelling at me that I was going to kill my patients and that I should not, like I was just the chiropractor who didn't know what she was talking about. And that, um, co- you know, coconut oil was horrific. It was going to skyrocket cholesterol. And I literally was giving the really bad advice to my patients. So a couple different things, <laughs> we, we can deep dive into all of this, but as mm-hmm. I always tell people, you know, the coconut oil in my house right now, cause it's over 75 degrees in here, it's like 70, whatever, 78, 80 in my house out front. Like it's liquid. Mm -hmm. coconut oil is liquid, right? So that's the first thing I always tell people.
1: Mm -hmm. It melts at room room temperature, temperature. 76 degrees.
0: Yeah. So if your body is literally sitting at 76 degrees and you're going to like, you got other issues.
1: It's it's not going to solidify. And um, there have been a number of studies looking at coconut oil and cholesterol. And some of the early studies that maybe created a little bit of alarm, they were using hydrogenated oil, which is trans fats. Which is horrific we all know
0: to get that out now
1: yeah and some of them even had hydrogenated fish oil with the hydrogenated coconut oil and we now know that those are very harmful and any kind of hydrogenated oil no matter what the oil is can increase your cholesterol levels and trans fats i mean you know you think crisco was a massive amount of trans fat and And they were the ones that were perpetuating this idea that coconut oil was the artery clogging fat. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. Which one was? And, you know, so people, you know, they, uh, coconut oil was a big competitor. Because if you think about how much Crisco and coconut oil look alike. And the whole idea behind hydrogenating these oils was to increase the shelf life. And coconut oil has at least a two year shelf life at room temperature. Mm -hmm because it because it is saturated fat it is so stable it doesn't go rancid you know like other oils other oils soybean corn oil. all of those will become rancid after a period of time you know because they are polyunsaturated (laughs) they can pick up these free radicals and um reactive oxygen species from the air and this deteriorates the oil and um, they become rancid, but coconut oil doesn't have much of that in it. So it's very, very stable. It's a uh, very interesting fat. And another thing about it is most of the studies with saturated fat were done with animal saturated fat. Mm. And it turns out that that's probably not even a problem. But right. you know, there is a huge difference between the fatty acid composition of coconut oil and animal fats. You know, um, you think of lard and beef tallow. Um, <clears throat> and um, most of the fats in coconut oil that are saturated are um, chains of carbons <laughs> that are 6 to 14 long. And this is how, how we distinguish fatty acids from each other. Yeah. So up to 14 carbons in a chain in these fatty acids, almost all of it in coconut oil is fits in that category. About 11% of the fats in coconut oil are these Um, longer chain saturated fats that are found in lard and beef tallow. Those have almost 40% of their fats as those two fatty acids. And they have none of the 6 to 14 carbon chain fatty acids in lard, you know, and beef tallow. And then you look at soybean oil, corn oil, olive oil, all of those. What people don't know is those are not pure polyunsaturated fats or monounsaturated fats. Every natural edible oil has a combination of saturated fat, polyunsaturated fat, and monounsaturated fat. And it just varies a little bit from oil to oil what that is. Well, um, soybean, corn oil all have around 12 to 14% of those longer chain saturated fats. They're C16 and C18 that are in lard and, and that. So they're not free of saturated fat. They have a little bit more than coconut oil does of those particular saturated fats. And the animal saturated fats are the ones that have been studied when they're looking at the effect on cholesterol and all of that. So, so that's one point, Uh, very, very different fatty acid composition. And you know, those fats are very unique to coconut oil. There's only one other um, oil that's even close to it. It's called palm kernel oil. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very flaky dry oil at room temperature. So it's not very good for cooking, but it's used in other commercial applications. It's in a lot of processed foods and that kind of thing. But um, another thing is um, when you take apart the studies that looked at coconut oil and cholesterol, okay, say you remove the ones with hydrogenated oil, So some of them use virgin coconut oil and others use refined processed coconut oil. And now when you look at those studies, the ones that use virgin coconut oil do not show an increase in LDL cholesterol. They're showing an increase in HDL, which is good cholesterol, cholesterol, but not an increase in LDL cholesterol. And the ratio of total to HDL cholesterol improves. Wow. you know and when you' and these are you know some of the larger studies you know um there was one with two hundred people that showed this and another with um about ninety I think it was about ninety people in the study you know that were a little bit longer term studies <coughs> the really short term two weeks three week studies <coughs> tend to be much smaller numbers of people and often they're not they're using refined coconut oil and not um, virgin coconut oil so that is a difference like so if you're going to go for coconut oil go for virgin coconut oil. That makes sense. And and especially organic virgin coconut oil.
0: My Nourish Balance Thrive Supplement line has finally arrived. I am so excited to share them with you all. I have been taking the products for months now to test them first. And now that they are here for you, I wanna share with you my favorite product of all of them. They're all really amazing, but this one is the Nourish Liver Support. We talk about toxicity a lot on the pod from our food and our environment to the air that we breathe and the water that we drink. And as you've heard me say, if we're not getting rid of toxins, on a daily basis, they're going to store in certain areas of your body. Kind of think of it being stored in your fat. So as I've told so many of my patients over the years, if they're struggling with weight loss One reason could be an overburdened body because you just got so many extra toxins being stored in the fat and your body won't release that fat. So we've got to be able to help filter the stuff out and your liver is a filter. So the nourish liver support, I absolutely love. You can check it out at drlisao.com. Click on shop or just click the link below. I want to introduce you to my newest product, Balance Tea, in my Nourish Balance Thrive line. What is Balance Tea? This is balancing out testosterone. It might just be the supplement that you've been missing in your entire routine. Ladies, I don't want you to freak out thinking this is only for men. This is also for you. We need testosterone in the right amounts to promote lean, sexy muscle. So if you are realizing you're doing your workouts, you're not really gaining muscle mass, you can't figure out what's going on, you might want this product. So I absolutely love it. I noticed a huge change in my workouts immediately after I started testing it out. So check it out. Grab a bottle for you. Grab a bottle for your hubby. You're going to love it. Click the link below. Otherwise, DrLisaO.com and then click on the shop button.
1: Another thing about it is um, it has polyphenols in it, which are also in olive oil that are anti-inflammatory. They're antioxidants, anti-inflammatory. And there's another substance uh, in it. Um, there's a group in, in um, Australia, their Alzheimer's research group, and they've intensively studied coconut oil. I mean, um, their leader, Dr. Ralph Martens, has been at this for 35 years.
0: Wow. It's
1: just in coconut oil. So many different aspects of Alzheimer's they've studied, but they've, kind of um they did a just put out a review um on coconut oil for Alzheimer's and um they found that there um they found information that there are substances in coconut oil that help uh, keep the, keep down the formation of the plaques in the brain that happen in Alzheimer's disease. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but there's this buildup of plaques, this substance called beta amyloid. Um, and that happens in, in most of our brains as we age. It's just worse than Alzheimer's, and then in Alzheimer's you throw in inflammation, and you know coconut oil's anti-inflammatory. Um, uh, microorganisms are um, have been implicated. Uh, there are a lot of studies looking at um, herpes simplex for Alzheimer's as it, possibly causing or triggering or accelerating the disease.
0: Wow, I didn't know that.
1: Uh, yes, yes, a lot of information out there. It's just been ignored. But it was finally, last year, there was a session on it at the Alzheimer's Association meeting, a two-hour session. So
0: that session. makes sense then with the lauric acid within.
1: Yes, exactly. So I think that part of the other reason my husband continued to improve over that year was this thing about lauric acid, that it's antimicrobial, that there are anti-inflammatory uh, ingredients, you know, components in coconut oil and that um, there are substances that help decrease the formation of these plaques, you know, so, and there may even be other things <laughs> that we don't know about it yet, but um, you know, it, it was just, you know, for us, it was just profound. I mean, he improved so much. He would come to, at first sight started in, in uh, talking in health food stores locally. Yeah. He would come with me. He would answer people's questions. He would tell <laughs> them what it was awesome. like to not be able to read. He would describe all of that, And, you know, he would be in such a great mood. They would ask him questions and he just sounded so normal when he talked. I mean, it was just, it was just so profound. I mean, I really felt like I got my husband back. Oh, um, that's so great. Yeah. And um, I mean, eventually he did lose his battle to Alzheimer's in 2016, um, eight years after the coconut oil. Um, He was a clinical trial of one person with the ketone ester oh dr beach, dr beach yeah making yes it had passed toxicity studies and steve actually did get into both clinical trials he went back and retested for that first one and got accepted into that his score was um eight uh 20 <laughs> it went up even wow. more so he got to try out um he had to choose <laughs> and unfortunately <laughs> So um, he was in, um, it was a crossover study. We chose one that was an oral medication. It was a crossover study, which means that um, you could be on either. You could be on the placebo and then off, you know, um, or, I mean, then put on the medication. And that's what happened to him. We found out later he was on the placebo that first 12 to, 24, 12 to 14 months. Oh, Yes. And, but... <laughs> That turned out to be a good thing because, um and that was the year that he was taking the coconut and MCT oil. And so you know, that's exactly what was doing it. That's what it was. I wasn't a hundred percent sure that first year I was, you know, but he had already improved a lot over the first two months before we started the study, you know.
0: <clears throat> so I want to um, ask about the ketone ester because like, so I'll tell the audience, yeah. I know Dr. Mary, or I met Dr. Mary, Mary via prove it. So my patients know that I use exogenous ketones and all that. So the ester was before the ketone salts came out. And I've always heard that it was like drinking
1: jet fuel. Is that (laughs) right? Yeah. Well, (laughs) that was exactly what appeared on our doorstep one day. Um, The Dr. Veach, well, Steve was in this study and, and then he did cross over. He was probably on the medication for five to seven months. And this was, you know, well, close to the end of two years of being on coconut oil at this point. And um, he started having these really weird side effects. Well, his hair was growing out white, which we knew was a side effect of the drug. So we were like, I think he's on it now. <laughs> but he started having wounds that wouldn't heal. He had an abrasion on his shin that wouldn't heal for a month. That was from the side effects of a med? Yes. And he would nick himself shaving. It would bleed for several <gasps> days. And then he fainted. And he he started having strange new behavior that he hadn't had before, like seeing other people in the mirror. He thought this was him from the neck down, but not him from, oh, no. it was so bizarre. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, what's happening? Because he had been doing so well. And, and um, I just, you know, being a doctor, they would share a little bit. Well, you know, the people that we think are on it because their hair was growing out, they got much worse over this last year. So I thought, you know, I'm going to drop them out of the study. And did at that point. And um, we found out a few months later that they completely stopped the study because it accelerated Alzheimer's disease. Wow. Yes. So, I mean, the irony was that coconut oil got him into the study and then the drug was a terrible, terrible drug. So, um, so Dr. Beach said, well, you know this would be a good time why don't we do a pilot study of one person with a ketone ester because it had passed toxicity testing it was safe and um so it appeared on our doorstep one day the raw material was <laughs> horrible i had tasted it before but he says oh, i kind of need you to figure out what to do with it you know we haven't they, they didn't really have know a- how to make it palatable yet yes. <laughs> So, he suggested his chemist uh, who made it drop by drop in his lab. You know, he had enough for one person to study, or and some mice. You know, <laughs> but um, he suggested diluting it like one to four. You know, three parts water, one part ester, and then just figure out what else I might put in it. You know, we tried everything, and um, eventually I ended up with Soda Stream concentrate and and I hated that because it has sugar in it. right? <laughs> you know? And we tried the diet versions and it made it even more bitter. It was just <laughs> the fat in it. So And I'm he's like, like,
0: why are you giving this to me? <laughs> I know.
1: It was just horrible. And then we had to figure out a dose. The Dr. Beach had an idea and then we did a lot of different uh, dosing. By then, the um, some of the point of care testing, the ones you can use at home, the monitors for ketones were available. So we tried um, anywhere from like 20 to 50 grams a dose. It's a lot. It's a ton. Like the elite athletes now use 25 grams is what they usually <laughs> use, and um, it would pop his level right up to, you know, four or five millimoles, very high. Wow. And within 30 to 60 minutes, I also started measuring his blood sugar every time. You know, I thought, well, I've got a blood glucose meter, let's do it, and his blood sugar, even with sugar in it, his blood sugar would drop. Even if he ate and with the sugar in it, his blood sugar would go down about 15 or 20 milligrams, you know, per deciliter. So if he started at 90, it would go down to 70 or 75. It was incredible. And so I thought, well, okay, maybe it's not that bad that the sugar's in there. And I talked to Dr. Stephen Kunnan, who was doing a lot of studies with the ketone and glucose PET scans in Canada, and he said, you know, um, he thinks that it improves insulin sensitivity. That somehow, the brain is able to more effectively use the glucose too. Wow! You know, which I thought was was like, okay, maybe it's not so bad that he's getting this sugar, you know. Um, And his his fasting blood sugar came down. You know, Uh, we weren't even checking his hemoglobin A one C. he had been, his doctor thought he was pre-diabetic before we started all of this. His um, fasting blood sugar was, I think, 119. So, so that he, was in his
0: early fifties that he was being diagnosed with
1: that or no? It was probably, yeah, right before we did the study, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, um, his doctor says, ah, you got to be a little careful, you know, your blood sugar's getting up there. And I just kind of remembered that. And, but his fasting blood sugar would be under hundred most of the time okay. at this point, you know, and I think, Part of it, he was getting so much coconut and MCT oil, <laughs> yeah, and he was eating so much less carb, you know, that he was effectively on a ketogenic diet. I, I just, you know, yeah. hadn't been able to prove it up to that point because I, you know, we didn't even have the point of the the monitors available back in two thousand and eight, you know, to check his levels. But um, you know, so from from that respect, you know, he, you know, he was doing better, um, and. He 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 was such a trooper. I mean, he the first dose that he took it was 20 grams, and I ta- I was taping him before, and then for two hours after he took it, and he just it was like he turned into a different person. He, wow. <laughs> he was euphoric. He um, was determined to say and write out the alphabet. He just had this in his mind. He said, "I haven't been able to do this for a while. I really want to see if I can say the alphabet." And he he it took him 20 minutes. And he eventually did. He said the alphabet. He tried over and over and over and wrote out the whole alphabet. And if you think about it, somebody with Alzheimer's is so distractible, mm-hmm. you know, that just to do this for 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> keep trying was kind of amazing. But he That's did, it. he did it. He did it. He said it. He wrote it out. And um, the next day, a lot of things turned around. Um, I, he had gotten to the point rather suddenly, I think because of this medication that I had to start talking him through taking a shower. I mean, if you live with somebody with Alzheimer's, they have to be instructed step by step by step. And then eventually you have to do it for them, you know, but I would have to, you know, help them, you know, in the shower, get in the shower and then talk them through, you know, wet your hair. Okay. Now here's some shampoo, put rub that in your hair. Now rinse it off, you know, and just go through every step by step. And I had to do that with shaving, brushing his teeth. You know, this is a huge change just yeah. over like a couple months that we had seen. The next day, he could do that automatically. Oh, my gosh. The next day, all of that. He went in his closet, picked out his clothes. He took a shower. He, you know, I'm in there watching. I'm thinking, oh, my God. Who are you? Well, that is huge. It was huge. And then over about six weeks, all of the new things that we had seen, the new problems um, went away you know, he had started wandering. He was looking for his brothers down the road who lived 700 miles away and that kind of thing. He's all of that stopped and he just, I got him back again, you know, and that what year was this then this was in 2010. Okay. So two years after we started the coconut oil. Okay. And then, um, it lasted really another 20 months before he had his next, uh, big setback and, um, he, uh, what eventually happened to Steve, you know, he did pass away in 2016, was he started having seizures, which happens, I believe, mm-hmm. in about 20% of people with Alzheimer's in the later stages. And the first time, um, he was standing uh, in our house, and um, I had to leave for work. Well, he had, I had a caregiver that stayed with him, Sybil. And um, he hugged me. He said he loved me. You know, I go to the hospital I barely get there and she called me and she said I just called nine you know 911 he's having a horrible seizure and he stopped breathing and mm-hmm. I rushed home I was about 5 minutes away and I got there he was still blue when I got home she was shaking him to keep him breathing EMS got there a little after I did and um it was a 20 minute seizure Oh my gosh. And then he had another one on the way to the hospital, you know, and we didn't have oxygen in our house at that point, you know, and we did from that point on, yeah, you know, after that, but, um, he had fallen back and hit his head and went into this full blown seizure and, you know, um, he was just never the same after that. He wow. was brain was already really so fragile, I think from Alzheimer's and then the head injury and such a prolonged seizure and probably lack of oxygen, you know, for a long time, He became dependent after that. Yeah. So wow. I did lose That's... them to Alzheimer's, but, you know, felt like we got almost four extra good years that were better than the year before we started the coconut oil. Right. You know, and how many up, um, a couple months in there, you know, before he started the ketone ester and yeah.
0: yeah. How many lives you are impacting now with mm-hmm. that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you never know why God puts things in our lives. Right. But, yeah. um, how about, let's talk about one, four, three then, because oh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's a perfect, um, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just,
0: yeah. <laughs> to yeah. tie this all in. <laughs> Let me
1: just get a sip of water here. Okay. <laughs> just a <second>. Absolutely.
0: Okay. <laughs> so what has come about is that Dr. Mary, um, has helped the Prove It community create uh, an MCT oil product and, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I mean, it's called 143, and I think a lot of people kind of wonder why 143. 143. Yeah. So why don't you share the story? <laughs> okay. That's yours. Well,
1: there are two two things for 143. Okay. So um, uh, shortly after It got off the ground, which is January of 2016, um, they heard me speak at a conference at University of South Florida. Stephen just died three weeks before this. Wow. before they launched and, um, they had keto cream there. They didn't have the salts quite out yet. And, um, a couple months later, then I, I got to meet them. I tried keto cream. I thought, Oh, this is really good. You know, we <laughs> to, to take home with me, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't really buy anything at that point. Um, and, um, in may they invited me to come and speak at one of their conferences. And then again in June and, um, of 2016. 2016. Okay. And then, um, I think it was that second time. It might even have been later. It might have even have been maybe in the fall or something. That I met you that would have
0: been October at the Tampa um, airport at that yeah. when they had the convention there.
1: Yes. That, that was when that I first was. heard you speak. Yes. So then, um, you know, Brian Underwood, the CEO at that point had heard me talk about this oil mm-hmm. that a coconut and adding the MCT oil. And he says, why don't we make that oil that you, that helped your husband so much, you know, and, um, Brian's father had Alzheimer's. Um, so he was very personally interested in this. And I know, um, you know, sadly he lost his father too recently. Um, but so, um, we worked on it, it took quite a while to get it off the ground. Um, but like when I was giving Steve the coconut and MCT oil, I found the easiest way eventually because he was getting so much was to mix it. Um, Coconut oil only really works well in things that are warm, (laughs) warm foods and cooking with it, that kind of thing, um, because it is solid up to about 76 degrees. Um, MCT oil is liquid at room temperature and both can be, are stored at room temperature, really. Um, If you put coconut oil in the fridge, you're gonna have to chisel it out of there. (laughs) (laughs) It just hardens like crazy. But, um, so I thought, what happens if I mix them together? You know, So I started trying different ratios of the um, MCT and coconut oil, and I found that a four to three ratio, so four parts MCT to three parts coconut oil, worked really well. It would stay liquid at room temperature. I could use it in almost any food. It's creamier than just MCT oil. And um, I mean, not it's clear still, yeah. you know but, um, you could put it on salads. You could put it in smoothies. It didn't chunk up, you know, like coconut oil does mm-hmm. on cold things. And so you could use it in almost any kind of food. And, um, he would just chug it sometimes. He would say, I just give it to me. <laughs> and,
0: drink it, you know?
1: <laughs> and, um, and then I started also adding soy lecithin to it. And one of, the, there's two reasons for that. One is it's, um, emulsifier. Uh, so it, Tends to break the oil particles down to smaller particles, which are easier to absorb. Um, But it also contains these brain phospholipids, uh, phosphatidylcholine being the most prominent one. And um, so many people are deficient in choline. Mm -hmm. It's in every single uh, cell membrane, you know, basically in your body, but very rich in the cell membranes in the brain. Um, so very important there. And it's the choline part of phosphatidylcholine becomes part of the acetylcholine neurotransmitter that's involved with memory. Wow. And acetylcholine's deficient in Alzheimer's. Many people, if not most, and the majority of people are actually deficient in choline, you know. It's something that comes from eating eggs, which we were told for many years were bad, <laughs> you, know? Um, you know. There's certain foods that it's common in, and Americans tend not to get enough choline in there. And this is very true, and even more so for people with Alzheimer's, you know, that they tend to be deficient and their brain is deficient in the acetylcholine. So um, when it came to making this formula, um, I said, uh, well, the soy lecithin, it also, to get enough, of the choline, it turns the oil brown. It looks kind (laughs) of (laughs) ugly. And I said, you know, let me do some research and I found this company that made a purified form of phosphatidylcholine, which is really the main reason I was using the lecithin to start with. And um, it, you know, that way we could get more concentrated pure phosphatidylcholine as part of this. So that's what um, MCT143 is and I think of it as the four to three ratio of MCT to coconut oil, and one special ingredient, one, four, three, um, Brian says, one, four, three, when you text I love you on your phone, you're texting the numbers one, four, three, and it's because one is I, four is love, and three is you, That, that means I love you. So
0: <laughs> that's perfect. That's, yes. I didn't realize the one, four, three of the ratios, right? Like I had always just, cause it must've been, cause I had heard it from Brian saying it from stage of the one, four, three was the, I yeah. love you. Yes. So.
1: so it's just a coincidence. And maybe that's what made him think of doing the, I love you, the one, four, three, you know, how the cool four, three ratio.
0: <laughs> yeah. And let's tell them, you, this is not something you want to like chug down uh, the
1: whole thing all at once. Not the first time. No, you you want to work up slowly. If you're not taking coconut or MCT oil, you uh, I would suggest starting um, with that one. Well, a half to one teaspoon, two or three times a day with food. You know, uh, your stomach handles it. Um, some people that are real sensitive. <laughs> if you put it in a food that takes maybe 20 minutes to eat something slowly, you know, like during your meal, that that may be a good way to kind of adjust to it. And then increase it every few days a little bit. Um, the packets have um 15 mls, which is a tablespoon. Okay. Um, I begged and begged for them to do a bottle. <laughs> we right. talked about it, you know, for a long time and it took a long time to I had to like put the, <laughs> the screws to
0: <laughs> like please do to this.
1: get the bottle out, but it's out and it's um it's awesome. It's a 17-ounce bottle, so it has 34 servings, uh, tablespoon servings in it. So it's more economical. That was one of the reasons. And, you know, um, some people do, you know, if they're using three or four or five tablespoons a day, that could really add up.
0: Right, Um, absolutely.
1: I still love the packets, though, because if you think about it, like people in assisted living, you know, um, a lot of people will will do this with coconut oil, MCT oil, um, that medical food that I talked about early on, it's called Axona. You know, some people they won't do anything unless it's a prescription, but they'll get a prescription for that, right. you know, but this is like, doctors are often willing to go along with the family for supplements mm-hmm. um, like this, and they'll write an order, give one packet of, you know, right. MCT 143 in yogurt or something in the morning, you know, um, so that they would, can get it in assisted living. It's something that the staff can open up and put in, you know, they don't have to worry about measuring it out of a model. That's so true. And it's fantastic for traveling, taking to work, the little packets. Yeah, that was for me because
0: I always would have like prior to your stuff coming out, I was using another brand of MCT and it was like, how do I travel with this? Especially under a three ounce, (laughs) you know, liquid travel limit. So let's also just share with them. The biggest thing is prevention and lifestyle changes, right? Yes. So, Um, we know, like, they're calling diabetes or uh, calling Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes. Mm. So, what are some simple changes people can start now um, for yeah. lifestyle?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, along with um, ketone supplements. Have come the keto diet has increased in popularity, and I think it really has so much to do with these ketone supplements getting out on the market. The ketone salts uh, prove it being really the the big, big, big leader yeah, and now worldwide. That, yeah. You know, uh, with this, um, but uh, you know what I have found: a lot of people start with the ketone supplements, and then they realize maybe what I eat has something to do with my health. <laughs> would have thought? No. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought? I mean, they don't even still teach this in medical school, you know. I got three three hours one afternoon of nutrition wow. training, and I've heard it's all the way up to nine hours of training in nutrition in four years so of medical school. It's nine, nine hours now. We had our whole. That's right. I was just hours, so close. Nine, nine hours. <laughs>
0: Yeah. People are like, what's the difference between chiropractic and medicine? I'm like, well, where mm-hmm. they go to learn drugs, we learn nutrition. Yes. <laughs> like, but that's exactly, yeah. yeah. otherwise it's all the same. First, we got all the same courses
1: first year. And then- Yeah. So most, yeah most doctors mm-hmm. have no idea how to counsel their people on uh, nutrition.
0: It's not, not in the arsenal. Yeah. Mm-mm. And
1: they don't think about it for themselves. They'll say, don't eat coconut oil, but they eat trans fats. <laughs> right.
0: No. Oh, <laughs> right yeah. Or, <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. But um, so, you know, basically- um, and, and I you know we actually started this in 2006 yeah. I had read a study this was two years before the coconut oil I had read a study that um, with Alzheimer's disease the people who ate the most Mediterranean like diet lived on average four years longer than the people with Alzheimer's who ate the least Mediterranean diet and I thought nutrition has something to do with this I mean I was like what <laughs> no. And so I started reading more and more and more about nutrition and reading books about all different types of diets. And I kind of came to the conclusion the Mediterranean seemed the most logical. And, you know, the thing about the Mediterranean diet is you go to a whole food, eating whole foods, which was kind of a new concept for me. And we were before that on the convenience food diet. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we ate at a lot of fast food places. We ate out a lot. Um we, I loved getting these big packaged frozen dinners from Sam's club. Cause I could just throw them in the microwave when I got home from the hospital. And, you know, 20 minutes later, we'd all be eating dinner. You know, I didn't like vegetables except corn and some lettuce, uh, lettuce mostly if we went out to eat somewhere where they had a salad bar or something, it, <laughs> you know, I just, I had grown up with mushy canned vegetables, you know, they, they tasted bad to me and I just didn't, Even I hadn't really eaten fresh vegetables very much at all. So, um, you know, I'm reading about this diet and, you know, how, you know, really bad refined grains, all this white flour, refined sugar, you know, all of this, how, how bad they are. um, You know, basically they, it it raises your blood sugar level. These foods spike your blood sugar level and that spikes your insulin level. And over time, you know, this is how we eventually become insulin resistant. We become diabetic. So many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've seen a number. I mean, it's very, very prevalent even in younger adults to have prediabetes and not really know it. Um, at age 75, three quarters of people have either diabetes or prediabetes. Wow. I mean, massive numbers of people. And it's been steadily rising. It's even worse in some parts of the, uh, the world. Yeah. Like some yeah. of the Pacific islands, they, they have diabetes rates of 27% of all adults. You know, here it's about 11% of all adults over age 20 wow. have diabetes. Wow. Um, but um, the, the older you get, the more likely it is that you have it. And then all the complications that go with it. And, you know, what I've learned is that sugar is just so damaging. It's very inflammatory. And you have a chronically high blood sugar, which is what happens with diabetes and with eating too much carbohydrate. And it it um, causes the production of these things are called advanced glycation end products, which is AGE, and I think of them, they age your brain. A- AGEs yeah. age your brain, um, but they age your body too. And they damage so many tissues all over your body um, and cause a lot of inflammation and that type of thing. So the more you can get away from sugar and eating more healthy fats, um, the better it is really for your, um, your brain and your other organs. My body, um, yeah. Yes. And um, d- doing this type of diet, there have been some really good studies out there now <clears throat> with hundreds of people and then experience of certain practitioners, Dr. Eric Westman at Duke University, um, Dr. Sarah Hol- Holberg, um, they've published their studies. Um, but um, Dr. Westman, for example, has had over 4,000 people with type 2 diabetes that he's gotten into remission. Wow by going on a lower carb, higher fat diet, a simple diet. I have it on my website. You know, you can um, print it out. It's the one, it's a simple one page keto diet. And And your website is coconut ketones. Coconut ketones. C-O-C-O-N-U-T-K-E-T-O-N-E-S.com. Yes. And I have a page called keto diet start here. And it's, um, I have another page for Alzheimer's and dementia that is more specific to that. Um, But the keto diet start here has the one page simple keto diet. And I modified it a little bit because some people can't go from eating 300 grams of carbs a day to 20.
0: <laughs> I, You know, I hear
1: you. That's exactly, yes. I coach people small changes because yes. some people aren't
0: even aware that they're eating 300
1: grams of carbs each day. Exactly. And so, um, you know, I have some modifications where I have a list down at the bottom of carbs, you know, for people if they want to maybe pick one or two. Mm -hmm. small servings of these things and they're like whole grain rice or, you know, small portions of some of these, you know, carbs that people don't want to give up, you know, Um, certain fruits, nuts, things like that, that aren't on the one page diet. The one page diet is really, it's it's almost like a crash keto, (laughs) of course, a crash diet. Um, But this works really well, like diabetics who do this, they really need to work closely with their doctor and they monitor, have to monitor the blood Blood sugar very closely, because um, when he starts somebody on this diet that's on insulin, he stops the insulin.
0: oh wow he, he keeps
1: the oral medications going, but he stops it, and many of them are off it within three days that the blood sugar has come down so much they don't need it Wow and um, over six to eight weeks, you know many people, I think more than ninety percent he said, will completely get off their oral medications that's huge. With right. it's just, it
0: is. It's all about prevention. It's all about realizing or, and just, I guess, taking responsibility for our health. You know, yeah. but I, I see so often that people think um, just because their parents had something or whatever it is, it's in their genes, they're just destined for it. And that's what I love about epigenetics is the fact is, you know, that at least we're talking about it now. We were taught by Bruce Lipton, who was one of my instructors in chiropractic school back in 2001, um, and he was teaching epigenetics then because nobody else would listen to him, right? And so now we know it's it's yes. what we're doing. It's turning on or turning off the genes. Yes,
1: yes. and yeah. the diet is probably number one, probably the most important. You know, uh, what we put in our mouths is, is so important yeah. and uh, it can be for better or for worse what we, what we eat. Absolutely, and, we create know, it. <laughs> yeah, so eating whole foods, I mean, I, I couldn't believe, I, I used to say, you know, my eyes would have, I would have gone cross-eyed if you told me that um, a few years later I'd be eating s- so many vegetables <laughs> and not eating sugary stuff all day, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I thought <laughs> I was eating a healthy diet, that's the crazy part, because I was eating um, low-fat everything. That's right. what we were told, eat low-fat. So they had all these reduced foods and it was high-carb. I mean, most people will eat the same amount of protein, no matter what diet they're on, you know, relatively the same amount. But if you're gonna, you, you eat a certain number of calories a day. So if you're gonna reduce the fat, you're going to increase the carbs, you know, to meet that calorie. And what's happened over the last 50 years in the US, the amount of calories that people eat has increased by about 350 calories. 300 of those calories are sugar. Mm-hmm. Fifty of them are fat, <laughs>
0: and it's like everything. I mean, sugar is in everything. I always laugh because you remember the mm-hmm. snack well cookies back in the day, yes. and we would all be like, "But they're fat-free," and I'm like, "It didn't really count." Mm-hmm. Like because when you would eat the whole canister of them or the whole box
1: yeah. of them, like, how many grams really of fat? Yes, I know. I did exactly the same thing, and I mm-hmm. ate, you know, skim milk always, skim milk, yep. you know, fat-free everything. It didn't taste that good, you know. But I ate a lot of cereal, and I was eating you know cereals with fiber in it, but they also had a tremendous amount of sugar and,
0: right. for the bread know, muffins. and I
1: would eat a bowl of cereal in the morning for breakfast with skim milk. the next thing I would want is another bowl of cereal because right. that sugar just eating it would make me want sugar so badly and I was I was always on a diet and always always thinking about my next meal right after I ate the previous meal and I when I started the Mediterranean diet, uh, with Steve um, it within three days, I stopped craving sugar, and I stopped thinking about my next meal. It was unbelievable, and it tremendously reduced how much carbs we were eating. You know yeah. we were still eating some fruit and um you know many more vegetables. I started actually cooking you know yes. yeah. real foods, and um went completely to whole grains and um you know found you know half a cup you know I lost a lot of weight, um over three years, I lost about ninety four pounds, Wow, yeah, and I was going to the gym intensively at that point. I gained you know some of it back, but I have kept off sixty pounds now um since um two thousand and six, I mean being up and down, but right now I'm sixty pounds less than I was uh, back then, and I never did gain back. you know, I maybe got to forty pounds below my all time high weight, but then you know really prove it, help me get that, get it back yeah. down again to where I am now.
0: And I um, love it for people that really have huge sugar cravings. Right. And, and they're like, I don't know how I'm going to go keto. And it's like, okay. And then it also helps them obviously with the keto flu. Right. Because I think that's the transition when people don't realize if you've been a sugar burner your whole life and you're trying to flip
1: over to ketones, your body's not going to like you at the you're beginning. Gonna feel <laughs> really bad. You're going to feel really bad, um, lightheaded and weird people get dizzy you know people think they are sick they think they have the flu that's why they call it the keto flu and that's kind of like on that one page you know thing i do have you know options for keeping some carbs and then you just gradually reduce that if you want to get all the way down you don't really even have to you can lose weight um without going extreme uh keto
0: right yeah it is Mm -hmm. tell them about your book fill them in because there's so
1: much good information yes here's my book yes Um, the complete book of ketones i'll show you
0: (laughs) oh and you got another one yep
1: yep okay this is my first book this one was published in 2011 it took me 16 months to write i get up early in the morning work for two hours did it on my off days but alzheimer's disease what if there was a cure? It's story of ketones it says that at the bottom. I think I remember
0: like that was probably
1: the one that was kind of introducing me to you like way back when. Mm -hmm. So it's got a huge, I mean, a a lot of it, Steve's story, there was a second edition because there were many more things happen. And I started learning about um, medications that can mimic or worsen dementia, you know, symptoms of dementia. It's amazing. Very common medications that many people take can give you brain fog and um, make it look like you have dementia when you might not. <laughs> wow. And then that book was so long and people, it took people so long to read it, to get to the back where the, um, it told you how to use coconut MCT oil. And I was also reading more about nutrition and realizing how good a lower carb diet is. Yeah. And then I wrote this book called the coconut oil and low carb solution for Alzheimer's Parkinson's and other diseases. And this is, um, it's a very reasonable, um, lower carb, higher fat diet. Um, I did it that way because, you know, i my audience are mostly older people for this, but, and their caregivers and, um, most elderly people are not going to go on a really strict low carb ketogenic diet, but this is mild nutritional ketosis is what, yeah. You will get with this diet and it all the things we were just talking about using the whole foods a much cleaner diet healthier diet more vegetables and then adding coconut and mct oil into it <clears throat> you okay. know um is what this one's about and then this is my last book that came out in 2019 the complete book of ketones it's about right. ketogenic diets and ketone supplements and um, so they can find these on amazon and you amazon. said Barnes and noble and yeah, Barnes and Noble has them, uh, or can get them for you if they're not in the store. I don't think any of those stores are open right now. I who knows at this places. point, right? Yeah, not many. Um, but online, Amazon, I, I'm sure has the best price. Okay. They have as an ebook, a hardcover book, which you get to pay a lot more for.
0: Right. We'll put um, all the links below,
1: so that yeah. way they can have easy access to them too. Yes. That so. would be great. So awesome.
0: Um, and then thank okay. you so much for your time, Doctor Mary. I so this, oh, I awesome. thoroughly enjoyed this. <laughs>
1: Oh, me too. Me too. I love, of course, talking about ketones, and I'm just so excited that there are so so many other ketone messengers out there.
0: Yes, there <laughs> are.
1: In the 2008, you know, I'm talking about coconut oil and MCT oil and ketones and this ketone ester that was going to eventually come out that took years, I mean I years, um, and then the ketone salts came out, and and actually, um, Keto Up is so cool. I love Keto Up because uh, a few things, but it is free beta hydroxybutyrate. It is the closest thing to a ketone ester without being a ketone ester.
0: I love it. Like, it rocks my workouts. Yeah. I do it before a workout. And, like, I love the Keto Nat when that came out, thinking, holy smokes, this is amazing for my workouts. And then that one came out, and I'm like, this is even better.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the form of a lot of ketone salt companies don't do this, they use what's called a racemic mix. Mm-hmm it's two different forms of beta-hydroxybutyrate. One that your body note, makes it, and knows what it is and knows how to use it, and the other form is not naturally made very much in our bodies, but they have a 50-50 mix of this. And the neat thing with the Prove it products and with Keto Up is that they're using what's called D, it's also called R, beta-hydroxybutyrate, which is non-racemic, so it's almost pure, the form that we make in our bodies naturally. Wow. So our body knows what to do with it, you know, it unlocks all the right keys, it enters all the right pathways. Um, so, you know, I love that. And, um, you know, I also love it that I can now drink a carbonated beverage. You know, there's <laughs> something busy really about it, right? I know. You get, you get this nice keto boost out of it. It's my sister, <clears throat> she loves it too. She said she feels like she takes off like a rocket when she drinks it, you know. <laughs> And I told you we have Alzheimer's on both sides of our face. Yeah, you guys are those <laughs> It sounds to me like she needs it, you know, and it does yeah. help her. you know it's really quite yeah. amazing so um i you know i I have keto cream at breakfast with my coffee. <clears throat> I don't eat any other breakfast for several more hours. I used to be a big breakfast eater and um eat a low carb higher fat diet the rest of the day. I have ketone salts and or keto up um sometimes I have some ketone ester and you know. Um, but really keto up is so similar to that, you know, yeah, That's that's so, so good, good to know girls, that. Yeah. But I have like two things like that a day, you know? Yeah. I do the same thing.
0: I start out, I have my morning coffee. That's just black. I do a little keto. Um, if I'm working out in the morning, like this morning I did not, but, um, uh, otherwise I do that prior to my workout. And then I always do one in the afternoon too. Like that just helps me get yeah. through my afternoon. Just That's what I know. do.
1: And a yeah, lot of people I, sleep much better. I have been sleeping so much better since I've yeah. been um, doing these things. Um, that's mm-hmm. one thing I found with, um, well, MCT oil helped me yeah. too. But, um, when I started um, drinking uh, the ketone salts from Prove It, you know, back in 2016, that's one thing It was remarkably better sleep and a better mood and less anxiety in the morning. I always was, mm-hmm. had this anxiety, butterflies. I've got t- 2,000 things on my list to get done today. And that kind of went away and that slump that a lot of people get in the afternoon where they want to take a nap completely gone No right. urge to take a nap not that i ever got to take one but <laughs> <laughs> and um suppressing the appetite i mean that's what i think made it so easy for me to lose i lost um it was a little over 30 pounds um over three and a half months and i hadn't been able to break through a barrier you know for um uh, several years. I'd lose three or four pounds and I was stuck in this. It just broke right through and I lost weight. But a lot of it was appetite suppression, you know, okay. not really hungry. It was just great.
0: <laughs> it does. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I hear you. Well, thank you so much. You're and welcome. I will put all the links there for everybody to get okay. to your books and
1: all that great information. Okie dokie. Thank so you. Nice to talk with you. I think we talked twice as long as we planned. <laughs>
0: That's fine. You know what? I know the audience is going to love it. (laughs) Great. Did you like that episode? I absolutely love having the opportunity to interview some of the best and brightest guests and to share them with all of you. So if I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. I personally read each and every one of them as they come in, and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is the legalese.